Folks, I, my name is Jerome Red. I'm out of Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm very fortunate to host the new upcoming podcast, So Happy, written by Mr. Antonio T. Smith, Jr., and we're going to have a wonderful time talking about this thing called happiness. And I'm going to tell you, folks, I am very happy that we're going to talk about happiness. Come on board, join in, so you can be happy, too. Be blessed. Woo! That was it right there. All right, go ahead, Jerome. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone, back to the So Happy Series podcast. And your host for this podcast is Jerome Red from Baltimore, Maryland, and Talisha Thomas from Houston, Texas. And we want to welcome all of you back to our second podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Uh, before we get started, I'd like to recap a little bit uh, about what we went over on the, the first podcast, uh, where we got an opportunity to talk about Antonio T. Smith, who is the author of the book that we're speaking about with the podcast. As a matter of fact, he's got a three-book series, and we're going to go through all three. And we got to talk a little bit about Antonio and how we met him. Talisha talked about how she met him. I talked about how I met him and his impact on our lives, which was has been fantastic, which has been awesome. And we both talked a little bit about ourselves and our background and kind of how we got to this point where we're now doing this particular podcast. And we went over the three books. The first one is So Happy and Grateful. The second, So Happy and Together. And the last but not least, So Happy and Rich Flash Money. Folks, you know we had to say the best for last. Hey. <laughs> and we talked about our little main theme, and the main theme overall is happiness. Aha. Uh-huh. And what that means and the, 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 the concept of it. So as we were talking yesterday, we opened up speaking about the dedication of the book along with the forward. And Antonio dedicated the book to... Serena Brown Travis, who happens to be the daughter of Les Brown, the the well-known motivational speaker, one of the tops in the world, not just the U.S., and Mr. Brown himself also did the foreword for the book, said some wonderful, fantastic things about Antonio. But what really touched me, and I spoke on a little bit, was how Serena, working with Antonio, her personality, the way she did business, really provoked him and motivated him to write this series. So I'm really, really happy for her. Serena, I hope you're listening. I hope we do you justice because you were the one that inspired Antonio to write this book and and, and uh, this series. So we're really, really happy about that. And one of the things that I kind of threw in, you know, because of my mama, uh, the term marinade. Oh, yes, folks, marinade. And I got to recap that because sometimes when we are moving in life, we kind of rush through things. And when I was a young boy, my mom would fix these wonderful meals. And I say, Mama, how is it that the food tastes better the second and third day than it did the first day? And it tasted great the first day. And she said, boy, you don't know about that marinade. And I said, huh? And she said, yeah, when them spices and them juices get all up in there, and then you could really get the essence 
of the meal. Well, folks, I'm hoping that as we go through this podcast, as we go through these, this book series, that we will get it marinated so that we can get something out of it. And, folks, I not only want our audience to get something out of it, I'm hoping and praying that Talisha and myself will get something out of it as well because we've been very, very blessed having met Antonio only seven months ago and how he basically changed our lives. Well, imagine, I mean, I just know there's some meat and potatoes in here that's going to change people's lives, and it's already changed mine. So I'm really, really happy about that. Talisha spoke yesterday and gave her feedback, and we want to remind all of you folks that you can go to the ATS University website and purchase this book, and you can also purchase this book on Amazon. Okay? Can you repeat that one more time for the audience? Oh, you <laughs> you can purchase the book uh, on his, the ATS University website, and you can also purchase it at Amazon. Remember, the author is Antonio P. Smith, okay? And that and that first book that's out right now is So Happy and Grateful, The Universal Law of Happiness and You. And Antonio T. Smith, Jr. is the author. So just type it in, and, of course, you know, we want him to boost his sales, but what we also want, folks, is not only for Antonio to boost his sales, we want you to purchase it. So as we go through, you can come along with us and follow along with us in the book. As a matter of fact, Talisha and I were talking about one of the things that we hope will happen is as you follow along with us that you'll write in, you'll give us comments, and we hope to maybe take some of those questions and maybe do like a question for the day or a couple of questions for each day, and we'll comment from you guys, the audience. So we look forward to the interaction with the audience as well. Uh, Talisha, is, it, is there anything that you'd like to add before uh, we get started today? No, stop. No, I didn't have it to Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, in the beginning of the book, for those of you who don't have it or for those uh, that do, in Chapters 1 in the intro, what I like about what Antonio did was that he talked about four things before he ever got into the meat and the potatoes of the book. He talked about the practical means of happiness. He talked about his, his, historically. He talked about it cognitively and psychologically, and he even talked about it spiritually. And when I talk about spiritually, when you get to the end of the book, he does a lot of speaking about the law of attraction as it pertains to the Bible and biblically, which I think is interesting. But I I feel, Talisha, him doing this and writing it from, from the beginning about these four different areas wasn't to challenge the audience or to challenge the reader. I believe he did that to ensure his readers, hey, I've done my research. I've done my homework. You know, I know that there are going to be differences of opinion out there about happiness and how to pursue it and what it means. So he wants them to know, hey, I've done my due diligence, and by doing so, putting it right out front, which I think is fantastic, and hopefully with him doing that, that will open people up to receive what he's saying behind the scenes. So I really, really uh, like the fact that he put those four points out there right in the beginning. Um, and, and before I move on, is there anything, Felicia, that you want to add to those four 
uh, uh, items. Now I am just ready for us to hop in and get the goodness going. What happened? Okay, then. Well, then let's do that. One of the first subtitles in Chapter 1, he talks about geniuses are fools. Geniuses are fools. And I say, now, wait a minute. Geniuses are fools. But when he talks about it, he talks about years of research, decades of research, where people were basically told, don't pursue happiness. You should be afraid. You should shun happiness. And I'm sitting there going, excuse me? Absolutely. It was something that people were supposed to fear. Only the high the you know, the, the people with money, people in charge, they were supposed to be happy, but not the everyday little people. That kind of blew me away. Like, what are, what are, what are they talking about? I mean, don't we all want to be happy? Go, go ahead, Talisha. Go ahead. Yes, Jerome, I'm glad you made that statement because I was thinking, you know, the same thing. And for those of you who are watching, when you hear that part of the book when he talks about how genius is a fool, I'm the real shit. I'd rather be a fool. I'd rather be a <laughs> <laughs> Hey, because for, for you to say, because this is one of the things that he said, fear happiness. Happiness is for rich people, like you said, Jerome, and rich people are evil people. <laughs> that, for you to think that, you're, you have to come from a very low awareness. You have to come from a place of hurt and pain to let anybody just put that in your head and yes. believe it. Yes. I'm here to tell you today that that is not how you should look at things. That fear is not considered happiness. Yes. yes. Okay? And that you can find happiness not only through this book, but through your everyday journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jerome. Oh, yeah. But, Talisha, the thing that amazed me was, and, and, I, and I agree with your assessment, he said decades, thousands of years. I'm sitting there going, how could people succumb? How could people allow this? And so so my brain is trying to wrap around that considering where I am today. Well, what's wrong? When you said that, that just actually helped me understand. Okay, y'all are not a lot of people where I'm about to say, and Tony might even edit this out, but (laughs) you said people thousands of years allowed this to happen. That's the same way with slavery. Ooh. Interesting. We allowed it. Yes. Yes. Isn't that isn't that something? And and even when we got a constitution that says we say that all men are created equal. Well all men weren't created equal. So we had a constitution that said all men were created equal and we still had slavery. And what did that bring about? The Civil War. And if it weren't for the Civil War, who knows what would have happened? And so many people died over that war because of this thing called slavery. Wow. But I'm so grateful today that we have come a long way. And yeah, we've got a long we got we got a ways to go. But yeah, absolutely. If people allow that, if nobody says it, there's a saying, evil can only flourish when good men keep silent. So fortunately there were those who were willing to stand up and say, you know what? This isn't right. 
we've got to do something about that. Unfortunately, a lot of folks had to give their life to that. Interesting that you bring up that about people, the, the uh, slavery and people giving their lives, because the other thing uh, it says in that same chapter, it talks about in our society that as a genius or as someone who's smart, you didn't get recognition until you were dead. Okay. Yeah, they didn't. You know, it's like, wait, wait, wait a minute, hold on. You know, there's a saying about give me my flowers now. You know, you know, I don't want to wait till. Yeah. Don't be throwing dirt in my face. And then you were talking about how great I was and how wonderful I was. I mean, I I, I want you to say something nice about me right now because it, it make me feel good. <laughs> everybody likes to feel good, Jerome. Everybody, all the people on this earth who don't want to feel good. Yeah. So I want to, I, I will say, I'm saying to myself now, well, things have changed, right? Well, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But it's interesting to look at that historical aspect of it, seeing that, wow, things have come a long way. And I know for me in my life, when I look back and consider, you know, how things could have been, I'm, I'm very, very grateful because I know that that's not my mentality. That's not the way I think. But I can only imagine, as I spoke yesterday, when I look at the news and when I li listen to the radio and, and when, I, when I look in, around me in, in our society, there are a lot of folks grappling for this thing called happiness. And some of them don't even know that that's what they're looking for. And bingo. Absolutely, absolutely. So that that genius is being fooled. You know, he, he he started with the basics, talking about history, talking about the way it was, and how he's done it. And he talks about him doing his research from from when he was a little little child of growing up and taking notes and doing his studies and realizing that wow, we have definitely come a long way. Before I move on to the next subject, is there anything else? that you want to add to geniuses being fools at? He also mentioned that normal equals not being happy. Ooh. Oh, wow. That, that was powerful. Yeah. yeah. That was very powerful when I heard that. Wow. Isn't that something? So a lot of us are living normal lives. Mm. Mm. And we consider that happy. Isn't, I, I think that's amazing. You know, normal not being happy. What, 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 what do you mean? I, 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 am I not happy? When I thought about that, uh, Talisha, I thought about 19 years old, left United, left the Baltimore Maryland, went into the Army, okay? Um, I was raised in the church, so I have a religious background. I walked into a chaplain's office, and I'm looking at the chaplain's office, and the, there was a major in there, an officer. He says, young man. I said, yes. He said, um, can I help you? I said, no, sir. I'm doing just fine. Uh, he said, okay. So he kept on doing it. He said, sir. He said, young man, are you sure there isn't anything that I can help you with? And I said, says, no. I said, I was raised in the church, and now that I'm in the military, I just wanted to see what the church looked like, the chapel looked like, you know, for, for soldiers. And he said to me, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. Being normal, naturally, happiness not being normal. He said, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I began to tell him my, about myself 
and he interrupted me. And to Lisa, he said to me, oh, I know what your problem is. You don't like yourself. Excuse me? He says, you don't like yourself. I said, I said to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. He asked me to tell him a little bit about myself. The next thing I know, he's telling me that I don't like myself. Where did that come from? So as he began to talk to me, he says, you don't like yourself, and let me tell you why. Talisha, he repeated verbatim, word for word, everything I had said to him, but here was the difference. In order for me to speak it, I had to process it, think it, and then articulate it. But now I was listening to those words and only processing them. And guess what I discovered? He was right. Because as I listened to him repeat my own words to me, he was absolutely correct. I did not like myself. I did not like the way I was raised. I did not like the fact that here's what here's what I am. And I got, first of all, I started to cry. And then I got angry. Let me tell you why, Talisha. I started to cry because it was a sad commentary on my own life. I got angry because I was 19 years old when that happened. This man had never met me before, Talisha, and was telling me about myself, and I had been living with myself for 19 years and didn't know how pathetic I was. And he told me, and you know something? That left an indelible impression on me that day. And you know what I told myself that day? This will never happen to me again. And it hasn't. And I'm so grateful. I'm so fortunate that in that aspect, when he showed me, because I was, my normal, I wasn't happy. But the sad part was I didn't know. Thank you for triggering that because I just, I just thought about that. That was wow. Wow. And if you and, and many other people, me and myself as well, mm. we have all suffered from the eyes of not being happy and thinking it's okay to go around life being normal and not understanding that while you're being normal, you can create happiness mm. in mm. some form. Mm. <laughs> I, my story, honestly, when it came to with this statement, I thought about the low self-esteem that I was having and the mm. pressure that I was having and the anger that I was having wow. all these years and didn't know it was my childhood that was affecting that, that, that caused these things to come in my life. And it took me taking one of the classes, it's called Overcoming Low Self-Esteem, ah. uh, another, part, podcast. another podcast that yeah. this has. Yeah. Uh, which is Antonio's business partner and number two, number two, right there, right. That's, you said two, right? It's number two of all the Apple podcasts. It's second. Yes. Oh, I love it. I'm like, wow. Yes. <laughs> so that one right there blew my mind when he mixed that with this book. That's what came to my head. Wow. If, if that makes sense, what? Just that one sentence mm-hmm. made me think of all of that. Well, that's one of the reasons why, to me, as we said yesterday, I'm not yesterday, we said on the previous podcast, 
that this is an opportunity of a of a lifetime. Um, one of the things that um, I, I like to, and, I, and I've never said this to Antonio personally, but I'm going to say it on the podcast. Antonio is what we call a made man, M-A-D-E. He makes a difference every day. And, and, and that's why I want to be, I want to be a made man. I want to make a difference. So to have this opportunity to project this vehicle, this platform out to the world means a lot to me because happiness absolutely means a lot to me. No ifs, no ands, no buts. And then for Antonio to approach me and he approached you and said, hey, Jerome, I'd like for you to do something for me. I'm like, okay. And as I said yesterday, as I said before on the first podcast, I had to back up and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't everybody, doesn't everybody want happiness? Does, does, isn't everybody, and I, and I said, you know what? Antonio's got something here. He's got something. He really, he's got a hold of something. And I just think it's going to, just as everything else he's touched, he's got the Midas touch. And I believe that that's what this is going to be too. This is going to be part of that Midas touch. So believe it or not, what you just said leads into the next subsection in the book. Happiness leads to everything. And, 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 and here, here is what's interesting is, and I, I want to pull it up, and I want to read that section because it blew me away. Happiness leads to everything. And it says, before we go any further, you should understand first and foremost that happiness is guaranteed to help you achieve your other goals have better relationships, and do better on your job because people will actually like you. Go figure. When I read this, Kalisha, I was, I, was, I was done. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to achieve my goals. I'm going to have better relationships, and I'm going to have a better job. But wait a minute. Isn't that what Yeah, because because he, he goes on and talks he goes on and talks about that um, what was it happiness anger but but, but, but we're gonna talk about that I won't talk about that yet absolutely fantastic but what got me with this is I was reading that says wait a minute isn't that what we all want and but here's the part that tickles me and people will like you I say wait a minute that's what that's what I want. I want people to like me. But wait a minute, I don't have this? And so as he goes on to talk about that with the other part, I said, this this is something else. And it goes back to something that happened to me in the Army again. When I was growing up, and um, I don't share this with everybody, my dad drank for like 11, 12 years of my life. So he was an alcoholic. But he was a functional alcoholic. Let me explain that. He would get up Monday morning at 5 o'clock. He'd go to work. And he'd work all week. On Friday, he got paid. He would come home, give my mother money for utilities for the house, for food for us, shelter, and then he would go out with the rest of the money and get drunk for the weekend. He'd come back in about 2 or 3 o'clock on Sunday, go to sleep, 
and get back up the next day and, and the week and do the thing all over again. He did that for 11 to 12. I call him an absentee dad. And by the time he got his life together and got saved and started going to church, it, it was too late in that regard. But the point was, was that, that I see that this alcohol was such a great thing. Why did they destroy my family? Why did it? And you, you're talking about eight kids growing up in one house. He was distant. Then in my neighborhood, you had so much drug abuse and so much drug use, people overdosing, people dying, people selling drugs. So when I got into the Army um, at 19 years old, the one thing I knew was that I wasn't going to be drinking. I wasn't going to be doing drugs. I wasn't going to be abusing myself in any way, form, or fashion. I knew that. But what I did after that incident with that officer I, one of the things I was good at was dancing. Girl, I could, I could shake a tail feather. Come on now. Oh, yeah. I got, hey, I got no weight on me right now, girl. But back in the day, oh, I can, I can show you this. And the, the amazing thing to Alicia was both the women and the men complimented me on my dance, my, my dance prowess. I was very, very good. And I would go to the club like anybody else around 8 or 9 o'clock. And then we we wrap it up around one or two in the morning, and I'd be on that dance floor left and right, and people would compliment me, females, guys, dudes. And one day a young man came up to me, and said to me, "Yo, man, yo." I said, "What's up?" He said, w -w -w "Whatever you hit, man, you need to give me some of that." Excuse me. He said, "Yeah, man, whatever you want, I I need some of that." I said, "What you talking about?" He said, "Come on, man." You know, you taking some type of pill. You 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 smoking some weed or something? I say no, homeboy. This is a natural high. And what blew me away was is that I was having so much fun, and I was interacting with people without any type of outside substance in my body or my brain, and I was having fun to the point where this young man and people outside of me they thought I was high because I was having too much. Fun blew me away. I said, wow. And the interesting thing is it came back from how I was raised. No, those drugs don't do that. That alcohol doesn't do that. And I could get on that dance floor and have an awesome time without any type of additional assistance, about any any type of abuse going on in my body. And I was I, I just I was blown away. I was totally blown away. I could be happy and have fun without some type of substance, without some type of additional. I just wanted to share that story because I was like, yeah, I, I want to be happy. And that's something I've definitely uh, pursued. Go ahead, go ahead, Alicia. So what are some clues or, or points you can give people who want to be seeking happiness? One of the things that, that I can say to folks is um, self-awareness. Is a is a powerful tool, and, and and I and I believe that as Tony Antonio goes to this book, that comes out. That self awareness for me personally, I go back to the story with the with the officer. I mean, he just turned the light on, and I went, Jerome, you're not happy, Jerome. You got low self esteem, Jerome. You're trying to live up to other people's expectations of you. What are your expectations of you? So that self awareness, to me, is a big. Any, okay, 
in the beginning. You, you, you know you can make movies to the next section there. You know you, yeah. you know you can. But that self-awareness and the, and the sense of what's important to you, where do you want to go, who do you want to be, and then that process, how am I going to get there? Um, when, I, when I talked about me writing the, the three-book series that I'm working on, when I worked with those kids in New York, one of the things that I said is it isn't that you plan to fail, you fail the plan. You need to have a game plan. I said, and here's the reason why. Because by having a game plan, if something goes wrong or something doesn't work, you've got something to work with. But if you have no plan at all, you've got nothing to chaos when everything goes wrong. And I said, let me tell you something, gentlemen, life will go wrong. Life will, okay. it will, it will come at you. But if you've got something to hang on to, but it starts with self. It starts with your desire and where you want to be and who you want to be. And 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 being being you hit me with that one. I I can't leave out someone very very important in my life. It was my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Posey. Um, <laughs> this is in the book, but I'll give you guys a brief synopsis of it. Because when I was younger, I tried to hide in plain sight. Um, I had low self-esteem. Um, didn't think much. I, Alicia, I would get up in the morning and look in the mirror, and you know what I say? You're ugly. You're a monkey. Who wants to be with you? Nobody wants you. You're worthless. This is my self-talk as a young man because there was nobody pouring into me. But this sixth-grade teacher named Mr. Posey, guess what? He wasn't having it. He's six foot four, proud man, excellent teacher, loved kids. And when you came into his class, let me tell you, integrity, he could he could see beyond the facade, and he not only wanted the best for himself, he wanted the best for his kids. And he found a way to reach inside of me, and it was like, no, Jerome, that's not going to happen. And I remember one day in the class, um, we were doing a math problem. And I finished the math problem. And in, and with math in school, and I, and I, and I imagine the same was with you, you couldn't just put the answer. You had to do the work. So he, oh, yes. He Don't gave put us, the answer. They wouldn't no, accept that. <laughs> wouldn't have it. He gave us yeah, five. Yes, ma'am. He gave us five math problems, okay? I did all the math problems and got a mic. So he's walking around the class to make sure that the other students got it. And he looks up and sees me sitting there. I wasn't a disruptive student. I was very, very quiet. Because, see, if you act up and got sent home, you got your butt whooped. I didn't want to get my butt whooped. So I sat there quietly, didn't do nothing. So Mr. Posey said, Jerome. I said, yes, sir. He said, why aren't you working on your math problem? I said, I'm finished. He said, excuse me? I said, yes, sir, I'm finished. He walks over. He looks at the math problems, and he can see that I did them and I did the work. And what he said to me next changed my life forever. He said, Jerome, help her. Jerome, help her. Your mic just went out. Your mic just went out, Felicia. Yes. There you go. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, fine. I just want to be sure. Um. And so what happened was he said, help her. And there was a young lady sitting next to me who needed help with her math. And I helped her with her math. 
what messed me up with that was because me, I didn't think I had any value. Mr. Posey saw not only did I have value, Delisha, but it was good enough to share with someone else. And that messed me up. He said, Jerome, you can be anything you want to be in life. I said, I can, Mr. Posey. He said, Jerome, you can be anything you want to be in life. And Talisha, I messed around and believed him. I didn't know how, but I believed him. And that made all the difference. So that self-awareness, he brought out my self-awareness that I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be somebody. Now, don't get me wrong. I still stumbled and bumbled and, and a long life. But that impact that he had on me that day, my life has never been the same. His name is Mr. Posey, absolutely. My 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 buddy, my buddy. Um speaking of that, Talisha, um this month I did a I co wrote another book. And this is with Les Brown, Johnny Wimby, another motivational speaker, and someone and that story is in there about how Mr. Posey impacted my life and how, as a result of him impacting my life, I impacted those kids' lives. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll talk more about that when the book comes out. <laughs> Thank you, Delisha. No, no, I wanted to mention you said that you didn't feel that you had value to add. And... I think you're not the only one. There's tons of people out here that feel like they're not adding value. And they're quiet, and they got gifts and talents that's waiting to emerge, but they don't let it emerge because they don't think or feel that they have any value. Wow. And you said he had you get up and help someone. Yes. And I believe that is exactly what Antonio is doing this book. Mm. When it comes to happiness, he wants it to spread. Yes, yes. And in order for it to spread, you must know what happiness is and what, how you can obtain happiness. So what we are doing wrong, <laughs> believe it or not, is we are helping someone else mm. find happiness. Feels good. That's, yes. It feels real good. <laughs> And before we move on to that next section, uh, I spoke earlier about the concept that Antonio wrote about this anger happiness, which I which I like because it kind of goes it kind of piggybacks on my story when I talked about the the officer who told me I didn't like myself. Antonio makes it very very clear that you can be successful, quote unquote, without that piece of happiness, but unfortunately. It won't be as nice. It won't be as fluent. It won't be as sweet as it can be. And you know what, Talisha? I want that sweetness. I I I, I want it smooth. I I I love it when people say to me or, or they confront me and say, "You know what? You did something that you didn't need to do." A young man that I met in the army. He and I are very good friends today. He's got ten kids. I'm, I'm African-American. He's Caucasian. He lives in California. His name is Sean Finn. I love him to death. And all of his kids, I'm Uncle Jerome, okay? 
But when he met me, he said to me, when you were in processing, he said, when I said to you in processing in the, in the military, he says, I watched how you treated everybody. And you treated them with joy and happiness and with respect. And he says, he says, I was praying that you were going to call my name. And I did. And when I found out he was a single soldier and he had just gotten there, I said to him, hey, if you're not doing anything, I said, um, I'll call my wife and, and, and have her fix a little extra for dinner. He says, I would love to come. And from that one meeting, I became the uncle for his 10 kids when he got married. And, oh, and the woman he married, when I came to the wedding, she reminded me of my wife. So, yeah, because the way my wife treated him and, 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 and the hospitality and all of that blew me away. We, we, people need to have that happiness. They need that sweetness, not that bitterness, not that anger, they, they, that achievement of going forward. And, and we're going to be successful whether we're nice or not. It's just a whole lot nicer if you're not angry. So much, it's so much nicer if you leave that bitterness and, and, and all that mess behind. I, as I go back to, and told that story earlier, about when I, when I talked that major, one of the things I did, I was blaming the Baltimore school system. I was blaming my father. I was blaming being poor. I was blaming everybody for my condition except Jerome. And then I had to, and I had to come to the realization, Ms. Talisha, that even if I was right, even if it was the school system, even if it were my parents, even if it was Baltimore, even if it was my environment, how was that going to help me move forward? That was behind me. Yes. And so, hello, hello, is anybody listening? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I want to go over one more. Um, happiness is more complex than you think. I want to go over that one before we, we, we wrap up today. Okay. And interestingly enough, as I, Antonio in this section talks a little bit about his upbringing, and, and maybe a lot of people don't know about him being homeless for X amount of years and, and living out of a trash can. Oh, wow. Um, just, just amazing. His story is so horrific. And yet, he talks in, in this happiness being more complex than you think about the fact that you can take, you use the example, $10,000. And you can give it to someone who is homeless and poor, and yet you can give it to a billionaire or a millionaire, and you would think like, okay, $10,000, $10,000. But depending on where you are in life, depending on your status, depending on your expectations, depending on what you're looking forward to, that can make all the difference in the world. That $10,000 to a homeless man could mean to him, it could be a million dollars for all these concerns. Okay? Because guess what? That ten thousand dollars is gonna take him a whole lot more places than where he was versus if I was a millionaire and you gave me ten thousand dollars, like, oh yeah, yeah, I just throw that in the bank and I, right. I, so the the gratitude and gratefulness of that came. absolutely. And and he shifts and talks about uh two two individuals out there. One is Maslow. And the other one is Sonia, 
And let me pull it up on my on my screen here because I want to get it right. Okay. And he talks about this uh, this Maslow hierarchy where we start out initially with our physiological needs. You know, I got to eat. I got to be taken care of. You know, I, I you know I have to get my rest. These are all of the warmth. These are all the things for me for my body. I go from there to safety. I need to make sure I'm secure. That that, I, that no one's going to hurt me. No one's going to take advantage of me. And then if my physiological needs and my safety is intact, then I can get into a relationship. Then I can start loving. Then I can become intimate with friends and family and so forth. And from there, he goes into esteem needs, the privilege of feelings and accomplishments. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can make that happen. Yes, I'm going to make that happen. And the hierarchy, the top, self-actualization. When all of those things are in place, my esteem needs, my belonging needs, my safety, and my physiological, Maslow says, then self-actualization comes. Transcend that uh, to, and her name is Sonia, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this last name up. She's a psychologist as well. Liu Bromersky. <laughs> right. And, yeah, see, I told I, I was going to mess that up. And she has the 50, 40, 10% of mindset in reference to happiness, and it depends on 50% genetics, 40% internal state of mind, and 10% of just circumstance. What I love about what Antonio did with both of these is he says, yeah, I understand that and I can receive that, but we as people – we don't always treat each other based on this hierarchy or based on the 40, 50, 10. Because unfortunately, a lot of us, and I, and I know I, I can relate to it, I imagine you two as well, is that we fall in love instead of in love. You know, we. we so many times. find ourselves like, well, well, what just happened? And where did that come from? And, and, and why have I broken up? And, and, and why does this person want me anymore? And, and yeah, I, 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 I'm, and I'm not bragging. Um, I've been married 40 years now. And I think and I, I'm, 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 I'm grateful. And I told my, I, and I told my wife this, and I hope that those who are listening can, can utilize this. When I first married her, I said to her, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, fantastic, but love is not enough. And she looked at me. I said, love is not enough. If we want this marriage to work, we, not you, not me, we have to work on it every day. And there are days when we will get into it and, you know, ready to go at it, and we'll bust out laughing. You know why? Because we remember we aren't working at this. I'm trying to be right, and you trying to be right, and we ain't looking out for each other. And guess what? We fall apart. And when we both recognize that, we bust our laughing and move forward. And I tell folks, I believe that that's one of the things that's kept us together all of these years. Love is not enough. Somebody told me I should write a book about that. Love is not enough. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. I can't run with it because I thought about a great book. <laughs> <laughs> but I just... I just, I love the way Antonio did that 
where he kind of deconstructed, you know, this is, yeah, the, the, these are psychologists and, and they're very renowned and a lot of people follow this. But you know what? Some of us have a false sense of what love and caring and relationships are all about, and yet we're trying to fit them in this little hierarchy or we're trying to fit them in this little puzzle or this podcast, and guess what? It's a lot, and Antonio says that, it's a lot more complicated than just the hierarchy or that pie chart. Yes, a lot more uh, complicated than that. Absolutely. Yep. And I wanted to mention, he referenced, uh, I can't think of her name right now. You talking about Sonia? Yes, he yes. referenced Sonia uh, about her how about her how to how of, of the book how of happiness oh yes and one of the things i wanted to point out that she mentioned was that through research indicated that before birth her mother's mood may affect a child's development that i found very powerful because even i as a mother and for those women out there who are watching you have to be very careful what you are thinking and saying mm. during your pregnancy. Oh, wow. I'm saying this because this is not something that should be walked over or looked over. Ooh. If you ever notice your child and the way they behave sometimes, meaning if they're angry all the time or they're sad all the time, ask yourself, were you sad? Were you angry during pregnancy? Ooh. Because your child is still an image of you. So I, I was I was very blown and and just oh, my awareness just awoken when I heard that and I believe every woman that was, that is watching this right now and you're pregnant <laughs> let's change the way we think right now mm. let's change the way our emotions are right now I know you may be with a man that you can't stand right now he works your nerves you gotta you're gonna have to some kind of way take that energy of hate and anger and diffuse it because you're putting that into your child. Because it does affect the child. How you, 
how you react to each other, how you deal with each other, all of that affects that child. And, and what should be most important isn't how much you dislike each other, but how much you love the child and how we need to take steps to make sure that the child is safe and that the child is developing and growing versus how we don't like each other. And, and parents who don't have the maturity to do that, they condemn their children to a, a, a life of struggle, a, a life of hurt. And that's, and that's truly, truly sad. Um, that's, that's definitely unfortunate. Wow. You went deep on that one, girl. You. <laughs> well, 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 folks, I'm glad that we got we had an opportunity to talk to you uh, from the first chapter in the introduction, talking about geniuses of fools. Happiness leads to everything, okay? And happiness is more complex than you think. I, we had a wonderful first session. Talisha, I want you to know I enjoyed the second session just as much as I enjoyed the first. Antonio T. Smith, Jr., thank you for giving Talisha and myself this platform uh, to speak on your behalf to the world. And I just, I just want to say thank you, and I want to thank you, Talisha. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you wrap it up, Talisha. Well, I can't say any better than you, Let's get happy.